Ladies and gentlemen, the Segundo. <laughs> Come on, man. You're teasing the people. You're teasing them. The Segundo's not here. Howdy, everybody. Uh, this is the Managing Expectations podcast. I'm the host, Jeff. No, uh, I'd prefer from now on to be referred to as Larry Sweet Cream Winger. Um, though I've formerly been known as uh, Jeff Winger. With me, as always, is the aide-de-camp, Brian Grimm. Achtung, Brian. Achtung, baby. <laughs> What's your favorite U2 album? Uh, I... I liked Octune Baby. That that hit when I was like 16, 15, 16. And uh there's a there's a couple there's a couple really good songs on there. Uh there's there's several really good songs. Yeah, I I'd, I'd say more than a couple. Yeah. Yeah. Um Zoo Zoo TV was had a couple good songs. Um but uh Octune Baby hit me at a time when I uh I really liked it. So that's probably yeah. my go-to. Yeah. Yeah. Probably me too. Although uh, kind of an interest. Well, I was turned off on you two um, by the super popularity of Joshua tree. Mm -hmm. So I took a decade off of, uh, of you two and I missed, you know, pop and zoo Ropa and Octone baby. And uh, uh, came back to them, and you know, I I, I think Octone Baby is the is the strongest of the three I just mentioned, and I'm I'm sure I'm forgetting some others. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I think it's terrific. Um, Bono is just such a great lyricist, and you know, some things sound really good. I mean, I really like "Stuck in a Moment" and "You Can't Get Out of It." Which mm -hmm. is, of course, on a on a later on a later um, album. Uh, what it's on? Uh, what's that? Oh, all that you can't leave behind, which is yeah. itself a pretty good album. Mm -hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us now, the Segundo, Jared Riser. Hello, Jared. Hey guys, sorry I'm late. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you better never let it happen again. <laughs> yes, sir. I've already I've already eaten crow. Um, so a young a young woman, uh, one of the, well, uh, apparently one of the stable of damaged thirty year olds in my life, um, is moving to Arizona, and uh, so uh, Mrs. She was. We were, we were going to meet for lunch. Uh, she was late, and now she's uh, uh, finishing uh, uh, lunch with Mrs. Winger. So, yep, out there, could be telling Mrs. Winger anything that ever came out of my mouth in the workplace. Uh, but I'm in here with you fellas. So, which is, which is maybe how I'll be spending the rest of my life. <laughs> Nobody, rem you know, nobody brings back things that you said at various points in your life. That would be mm -hmm. traumatic. Yeah. <laughs> I have you, a lot of things. You two say. are like body cams for me. I mean, you, <laughs> between the two of you, you've got the goods on me to, to hang me. And of course, now, a uh, genius that I am, uh, we're recording and podcasting which is like podcasting, except more forever. Yeah. Were you gonna say something, Jared? Jared? No. <laughs> okay, so we have a situation. We have a technical situation. Jared's really here for our moral support because- You can do it, guys. You can do it. Be funny. <laughs> Jared looked like he was like shaking off the, uh, the curve ball. <laughs> the catcher was calling for. <laughs> heater. Give me the heater. That's the only thing I got. 
um, Jared didn't have earphones and he didn't want to be the reason why we were echoing and reverberating. Nice job, Jared. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, Jared, for taking one for the team. Okay. We're good. We're Your good. silence has been golden. <laughs> Hope I didn't, yeah, mess up that intro. <clears throat> no. No, 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 no. Uh, it's just that. Um, uh, I think my new uh, smooth jam. Uh, the thing is, my uh, you did miss that my new smooth jam uh, name is Larry Sweet Cream Winger. We'll we'll leave that there for a moment. But Jeff was asking me, what is my favorite U two album? Uh, Jared, do you like U two? Yes. Your favorite? Probably Joshua Tree. Mm. Actually, I mean that that's a lot of people's. Um, it's good. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I've come I love, to like I it. I like most of their albums, but that's probably my favorite. I just I, I like it better than I than I did. I mean, it came out in like what eighty seven. So, dude, you oh, so yeah, October. Oh, okay. Um, so uh, this is episode 60. So we're really starting to put up some numbers now, boys. So that's yeah. a good deal. Next week, we're very excited about this. The uh, book club number three will be getting together to, uh, to do uh, Kurt Vonnegut's Bluebeard. This is a good time to remind everyone else listening to like, subscribe share the managing expectations podcast please do okay so um <clears throat> uh i've been doing some uh reading about man's inhuman oh okay well so man's inhumanity to man is what i was going to say we'll get to the russians maybe but one of the things uh, that we like about this format and this Managing Expectations podcast is that we do recognize that um, uh, there are small things to like and to appreciate, right? Mm -hmm. And um, you guys have heard, haven't you, that Finland was once again voted the happiest place on earth? or the happiest country. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm Brian, I am so sorry. Uh, it's just it's just being in your presence makes me think in terms of the happiest place on earth. I don't know what that's supposed to mean. <laughs> um, Brian's coming to you live from Disney World right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Did you? How many Brian, who's your we, we talked about favorite uh, YouTube albums. Who's your favorite Disney princess? <laughs> yeah, this is a, this isn't fair because I was more comfortable picking on Jared when he was given the Friends recap uh, <laughs> last time. So yeah, I, I I don't really I don't really I don't really follow the Disney princesses. That's, that's kid stuff. <laughs> um, so Finland is, uh, and they, they, they rank, they rank these things. And it's like almost always the Scandinavian or the Nordic countries. Um, for those of us, for those of you listening who don't have a map on the wall behind you, uh, we, the thing about uh, so Finland is not Scandinavian, but it's Nordic. And um, uh, so, so they're not really Vikings. They're, they, they weren't those people. They're kind of like small woodland people. Um, so not, not really like the Shire, but not, not like the Shire either. Not unlike the Shire. Yeah, um, they have a they have a lovely uh, forest home 
and uh, uh, they joke uh, the Finns. I, I, I've been there probably three different times, and uh, um, one of the jokes that the Finns tell is uh, um, what what does Sweden have that Finland doesn't have? you're gonna love this punchline and I think it's gonna say a lot about why they're the happiest people in the world. Good neighbors. <laughs> See, cause Sweden is between Finland and Norway, you know, folks who, and uh, yeah. whereas Finland is between Russia and Sweden, both of whom have had uh, big empires and who don't mind kick and tail. So there's like 10% of the Finnish population who are like, like, the chicks are six feet tall and the dudes are north of that. And, um, you know, they, they, they speak Finnish, they're Finnish, but they have, um, <laughs> Viking ancestry because of, uh, when the Vikings would come over and I guess they would date the local gals is, is how that worked in ancient times. So anyway, um, the idea that Finland comes in as the happiest place, as the happiest nation on earth um, is surprising even to Finns. And um, I've been doing some reading about it. And the thinking is it has to do, and this is where it comes around to our happy little expectation. Uh, our, our happy little podcast is it's about managing your expectations. What do you really expect out of life? Okay. So uh, it's going to be winter five months out of the year. Um, the sun won't come up for four months out of the year. Um, you know, what do you want to do? You want to kill yourself? Do you want to move to Greece? What do you want to do? You know, so it's like you just adjust your expectations accordingly to be as happy as you can in those, in, in that condition in that environment and atmosphere and uh and off you go and and this is kind of related to a, a swedish word called langum langum which is uh uh kind of the word for enough it's would you like some more no they're langum they they've had plenty or they've Yes, they're satisfied. Had, they're, they're satisfied. Content. Yeah. 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 So it, it may be why, um, like, there aren't a bunch of Swedes and Finns and Danes and Icelanders uh, on the Forbes list of richest people in the world, but as a population, Everybody's got what they need. I mean, what do you really need? What do you really need? You got you, you got a TV. You you got a you got a. <laughs> I know I'm, I'm I'm dropping into that uh, Bronx beat um, cadence, uh, but I mean you know seriously you I mean there's like if you look around the world uh, I've said I've said for years we may be broke but we're not poor. I mean there's like because there's there's poverty and then there's american poor and in america you've still got you know in america you still have a dvd player and you probably have netflix and i mean obviously there are people who who live in poverty but i i i just think that it's different here in the states in the in the western world i mean you're not living you don't have a dirt floor unless you're kind of making a choice. That's what I think. I don't know, but I'm open to it. I mean, does it, either of you want to make the poverty's much worse than you appreciate in your soft, pampered North Dallas existence? Anybody? Uh, uh, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a, Tough question to answer there, uh, Jeff. Poverty is a touchy subject for me, Jeff. I'd rather not talk about it. 
yeah. you know, there there are places where people don't even get Rogaine. <laughs> it's one of those places, North Dallas, <laughs> or or not? Uh, you know, this is this is starting to sound like there. There's a radio show that would do a skit called First World Problems, and it would be people calling in and complaining about stuff like that. <laughs> so my old buddy Joe referred to here in the show as as uncle joe um he okay so uh he his hair was thinning though i dare say not much worse than mine is now and uh but you know i mean he was okay so this is the early 90s he's leaning hard on uh you know he's he's around 50 right isn't that yeah. about right brian yeah. So he was in. So he was in Vietnam. He was he was there for the first Tet Offensive in '68, and I think he was 17. So he would have been born in '50, 50, '51, right? So in '90, I mean, I guess maybe he would have been in his 40s. So when Rogaine first comes on the market, they they were um, they they put out a. Uh, they were like advertising in Time and Newsweek, and they said if you wanted to test it, you could uh, send away for a, f a free sample, you know. And obviously, this was a, a corporate scheme to get you on the mailing list and so forth. So I sent in Joe's name and phone number and address <laughs> to uh, to get the Rogaine sample, <laughs> but I forgot that Uncle Joe doesn't play. And so after this, I, for like the next six months, I'm getting like calls from the marketing department of fat farms all over the West, <laughs> right? Like, I don't know, the sweated off dude ranch somewhere in Buckeye, Arizona. Yep. Uh, I, I told... I can't remember if I've shared this story on the podcast about the time that my friend signed me up for karate classes at uh, every subway that he ever ate at, you know, at the, at the little booths, they, they have a little, <laughs> little thing. That you... That is and, awesome. Uh, and, and about, uh, about three months into it, I was ready to take some karate classes and to uh, go kick his butt. Yeah. <laughs> The, oh, these guys true. were, were they, they were hyper aggressive sales guys. And they were like, I say, I say, listen, I didn't sign up for this. Well, <laughs> listen, I've got your name. Are you Brian Grant? Well, yes. Is this your, well, yeah, it is. Okay. Well, you filled out the form, man. I mean, clearly at one point you expressed an interest in self-defense. <laughs> <laughs> then you took the phone and you were like, hey, <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, that man, is, those are some good friends. That is pretty <laughs> funny. Um, are they still uh, your friends? There's a line. There's a line no. that karate is the Dane Cook of the martial arts. <laughs> That's from some show. That's from some show. Uh, you remember when uh, Kramer was taking karate classes? I do not. I'm not. I. It wasn't must-see TV in my house the way it was um, with Mother Grimm. He was talking to uh, uh, George about karate is, is, is here. It's here. It's here. <laughs> you know, motioning to his head and his heart and his hands. And uh, then come to find out he's in a, a child's class. <laughs> <laughs> And That's funny. And, he's, and uh, then the kids, then the, at the end of the show, the kids like gang up on him and meet him in a back alley and just swarm him and uh, and pummel him. That's funny. Yeah, he's good. It's a good premise about nothing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Brian, I wonder, would you would you save this podcast right now and tell the story about um, the uh, electric uh ab definer 
because 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 if you don't i'm gonna tell it and i'm gonna confuse it with the peggy olsen um, uh, machine okay uh go ahead yeah so uh yeah, I will. I will save the podcast so we don't have to talk about the other thing. <laughs> um, a friend of mine uh, got to his mid to late twenties, and his metabolism really started slowing down. It's like he was always a pretty skinny kid growing up, but then when he hit a certain age, he just like his metabolism just came to a grinding halt, and he was putting on weight pretty, pretty fast. And he had an office job where he's in front of a computer most of the time. And so he saw the infomercial about the ab blaster or whatever it is, where it's like a belt that you uh, wear Hang around. On. Don't say ab blaster, because if it's not taken, we should make, we should get the website for that. Ab blaster. <laughs> Got it. Go ahead. A blast. <laughs> and so, uh, he he orders this thing online so he, his thought is, is that while he's at work while he's at his desk he'll put on the ab blaster and uh have it charged up and it'll do the thing and uh the thing uh the thing is is that it 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 sends electrical pulses into your abs and it makes your muscles fire and then you know it just just melts the fat away and you know you're 19 years old again with abs of <laughs> platinum <laughs> wait platinum's worth a lot but isn't it a soft metal titanium oh got it also expensive and hard yeah so uh i have to be over at his house when it finally comes in the mail and he charges it up and he tries it on and it like tickles his stomach and he was like oh that's weird here you've got to try it i'm like okay what the heck i'll try it so i uh i put this thing on good good thing he didn't hadn't mail ordered morphine huh brian (laughs) he's like no brian you're not supposed to put it up here (laughs) (laughs) okay okay anyway anyway okay so you say yeah i'll try it yeah i'll try it so uh um i said does it hurt he says no no just just crank it all the way up you'll be fine so <laughs> all the way up by the way did he have it cranked all the way up no okay okay and he could barely feel it i wonder why yeah. he didn't okay well anyway you put it on i put it on and uh he fires it up and, and so i'm 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 feeling it and i'm like oh okay and i can feel it and like you know the, i'm my my muscles are contracting and everything and and the setting <laughs> It must have like <laughs> gone through the layer of skin and fat and then abs. And then it, it seemed to go deeper into my abdomen. And uh, it started uh, firing against something else. And uh, your lower gastrointestinal tract? Uh, or, l- or, or, or bladderish. Bladderish, bladderish. Oh no! Little bit, little bit, little bit, little bit got out. Oh no! Oh no! And stop it! Uh. <laughs> I ripped that stupid thing off and <laughs> ran to the bathroom. <laughs> what? What was the name of it again? Ab blaster. Ab blaster. Uh, and I told, and I said, "TM." Trademark. trademark yeah trademark. When, from now on when you say ad blaster on this show i want i want it to be a, a trademark thing and so what i learned from that is that it was it's it doesn't give you abs it just takes away the water weight <laughs> <laughs> almost immediately <laughs> almost very quickly it's gets right in there <laughs> You know, I wouldn't be surprised if my mother-in-law had one of those. She, she, I think, had every ab workout contraption that you can think of 
that you could order. Like you the know, ones you see at every garage sale that's ever oh my that you've gosh, ever gone yeah. to. She had every single one. <laughs> and uh, I remember, I remember one look. One was huge. It looked like the Millennial Falcon, <laughs> and you hold it like this. Well, it's got nobody can see you you have to describe you have to use word pictures jared you okay. have to use word. okay so you hold it like this and nobody knows what it looked doing. it was like a giant it looked like a giant spaceship it was probably about two feet wide it stuck out two feet and you had these handles that you had to grab and you pulled towards your stomach whilst while the front part of the contraption pressed against your stomach and you just pulled in pulled in and you could do a setting to where it could be, you can make it harder. You know, the resist, you could mess with the resistance, but it was, you should have seen how big it was. It was ridiculous. If I'm understanding that exercise, can't you just like, like lean into a counter or a bar? <laughs> like compress your stump, your abs really hard while you're doing it. And isn't that kind of the exercise? I guess so. Yeah. So like, so like if you like lean into the bar really hard and you try to get the bartender's attention uh, we'll have another round and some more wings down here <laughs> feeling the burn great yeah that's great for abs yeah um a guy that i used to work with uh when he, he heard the news that tim russert uh from meet the press and nbc news had died of a heart attack and he, when he had he was sitting at a bar with a with a chicken wing in his hand he always thought that that was ironic. It wasn't a salad. It was, yeah. He, he <laughs> didn't have a fork full of kale. All right. So, so anyway, so the, the Swedes say, you know, this is enough. <laughs> you know, why? Um, uh, I don't know. I, you know, I, I mean, Americans just always want more, but I don't know. I think sometimes... Like uh, 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 this, this woman that Mrs. Winger and I had lunch with, you know, we were talking about, so she said she's from a family of hoarders, but I know that they're not well to do. And frankly, neither am I. And, uh, you know, I just say, well, once you've been poor, it's hard to throw crap out because, you know, you might need it. Yeah. I just think it gets to a point where, you have so much stuff that on the day that you need it, you can't find it and you're not really ready. And I think that takes a certain sort of person to actually be ready for that. What kind of person are you guys? I've gone through phases of, uh, of trying to really pare things down. When, when you have kids, you know, they grow out of stuff and you don't, you don't want to hold on to that. I mean, because your, your house would be filled with old stuff that they don't use anymore, whether it's toys or clothes or whatever. And so uh, we've gone through several different stages where we've really tried to pare things down. Um, there were a couple of guys that are uh, minimalists and they, you know, they've got a podcast and, and whatever, and they talk about, you know, how freeing it is to get, to get rid of a, a lot of stuff. And so uh, some of those principles are, are good. You know, it, it is good to, to lead a, a cleaner, tidier life just by not holding on to stuff. But, um, you know, I think like all of us here, we have, we have tools that we need around the house, uh, tools from old trades that we used, that we used to be involved in one, one thing or another, um, you know, books, lots of books. What blankets with dingle balls on the on the edges? I also have it across my uh, in my car uh, above the, by the <laughs> liner. <laughs> um. Yeah. 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 I think it's. I, I. I think it's. Well. I mean. Obviously, I've never. I've never been able to swing it. You know. I mean. So I have more. I don't know. You know, I have more books and I'm probably, and I'm conceivably ever going to read. Uh, but you know, you read parts of them and, and, you know, you can, you really can do research with them. And mm -hmm. I don't know, it's, pro it's probably a, it's probably a type of mental disease, but, 
I'm, I, I know that I'm happier when, when I have uh, less, less in my way. Um, I just, my mind seems clearer and, uh, and I've, you know, we're about due for another round, you know, coming out of, uh, coming out of the pandemic where we were getting shipped, stuff shipped here all the time and how things start to accumulate and you haven't been able to get rid of stuff. So um, I just know that like when my office is, is clean and there's not a whole bunch of unnecessary stuff around, I know that I work better. So. Um, did you guys, did either of you ever watch the Marie Kondo show on Netflix? But it, okay. So um, uh, Marie Kondo is this uh, a Japanese lady who, uh, it's like uh, the gentle art of simplification or something like that. And she's, she's kind of got this like uh, mystical, it's not really mystical, but it's just, it's just like a little too groovy for anybody in America outside of like California. Okay. But since the Californians are everywhere now, inc including on the dial, listening to the managing expectations podcast and we're happy you are. Um, but, uh, I mean, it's like, you know, when it's time to throw something away, she wants you to like, thank the thing and thank, thank it for, um, its use. And then, you know, unsentimentally get rid of it. Yep. And you, uh, like you have to like physically touch all the things that you're cleaning out. And if you, you know, this pen, okay, this sparks joy. This this makes me happy, so I'm going to keep this. That's right, right. Spark joy. Yep. You know what I do? You know what I, the, the one thing that I still do, um, so I, I never really got through, I mean, by the way, there are worse things. Like, I can sit here in this office right now, and I could, like, look at just a hundred things that don't spark joy. Mrs. Winger bought me this drone. It's a plastic drone from... I don't know, Sam's or Costco or something. And uh, I don't know, it's not expensive. It's not like a good one. I mean, you can't do tracking shots or like, you know, disrupt, you know, aviation patterns. <laughs> the real but, cool stuff. Yeah, you know, the super cool <laughs> stuff. But I, it, I, I, I never really got good at it. It drives the dog out of her mind. Um, and I just never got good at it. And so it's sat there and it's uncharged and I feel guilty that she bought it because I would rather have the whatever 40 bucks in my pocket. And um, I guess that speaks to how not great the drone is that it cost $40 that I wish I had. And um, uh, the, you know, it's, uh, I don't know, it doesn't spark joy. If anything, it sparks grief or uh, guilt because I kind of wish she hadn't spent the money and I kind of wish that, uh, you know, I should either use it or do something with it. It's stupid. I mean, it's just, it's just an idiotic thing. And yet I have literally been working around this dead drone for like two years or four, whatever. It doesn't really matter. It's a, shall we just say a considerable length of time? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's and that's one of the things that these uh, the, these minimalist guys say is that they kind of got to this point when they had um, a, uh, one of their parents died and they had to go to the house and clean out the stuff, and they said you know it was they hold on to this uh, their parents held on to this stuff for sentimental value and that the kids might want it one day but the kids don't the kids don't want it yeah and they says and the the, the it was a burden for the kids to go over there yeah to go through the grief of kind of reliving a bunch of stuff um and then to go through these things and then to figure out what they're going to do with it and so that's what kind of started these guys on their particular uh, mission with this uh, minimalist lifestyle and and i think that that's really interesting because I, I see it i see it a lot uh in my business of people who just have too much and they need to make a change for one reason or another and they just don't know what to do with it and it it takes up so much space in their life, but also um, in their minds. And it, it inhibits them from making 
clear decisions oftentimes because what are we going to do with this stuff? This is important. Somebody might want it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when my mom and her husband were leaving the Rio Grande Valley and moving up uh, into the hill country, um, they were both like old and decrepit enough that they couldn't really uh, make the move, you know, I mean, I mean, and, and it got down to um, the garage and the garage was a disaster, right? And so it was up to my sister and I to go through it. And, um, you know, her, my mom's husband had, uh, you know, I mean, his, eye, his eyesight was never good and it had gotten worse and, you know, he just wasn't as mobile. And so, you know, you could see that he brought stuff home, he brought tools home and he already had one. And so he either thought he was upgrading or he forgot that he had one before. And it was just, just so much stuff. But you know, the Swedish, they say Langham, which is enough. I, I got it. I, it's been enough. And I don't know, you know, 10 years ago, everybody was talking about like the, the coming sharing economy, right? Where, where there's no sense buying a car because you could just rent one for the day. You just rent one from your neighbor, right? And there, there'd be an app for that. That didn't really work out, but I do know people who have, I mean, like, like a married couple working, they both work. And uh, if they need a second car, they'll just take an Uber or a Lyft. Producer Jack uh, did like a spreadsheet with a cost analysis on whether or not it's beneficial for him to have insurance in a car. And he says, no, nah, it doesn't, I don't see the benefit right now. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> Seriously. Wow. That's remarkable. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I mean, it, it kind of sounds like you've raised a Vulcan. <laughs> father. It's not logical, father. <laughs> father. <laughs> A car does not make any sense for me at this time. I'll be up in my room. <laughs> Working on a hyper speed, hyper light conveyance. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I'm not telling tales out of school. I mean, uh, there were two things at play in my own life. Um, uh, uh, one is, uh, I had a job and my, you know, I couldn't like always be bumming a ride. And when I worked late, you know, I mean, if my mom or my mom or dad would have to come get me. And I think that was actually a little okay with them, but it wasn't always okay with them. I think sometimes it gave dad an opportunity to get out of the house, which is actually brings us to the second point that I'm getting to. And that is I wanted a car as soon as possible. So I could get out of that house because those people were crazy. And um, I, I, I'm sure it speaks well of uh, Brian, of your, of your household that you, your, your kids comfortable being there. Cause if it was as dysfunctional as mine, I can almost guarantee you that he'd want out. Yeah. Way to go. I mean, I don't know if he had a column on his spreadsheet for being fun. <laughs> fun is an emotion that I am not familiar with. <laughs> when another person cries, I'm like, why is this human leaking? <laughs> no, you know, uh, no, Jack, Jack is not robotic or, <laughs> or, or Vulcan-like. He just, he's just... He's not excited. He's just not excited about driving. And a lot of young people aren't. No, I know. Yeah. It, it, it used to be that you'd have to get in your car to go be with your friends. Now you don't have to. You just get online and, and uh, hang out with them that way. Or, you know, um, a long time ago, I used to drive for Uber and I couldn't believe how many college kids, you know, teens were just using Uber or Lyft. They weren't, they, they found that it was cheaper to do that than to buy a car and have insurance. So that was like a real common thing <clears throat> at the time. I'm assuming there's, there's still, sorry. No, 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 no. I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to absorb it all. I mean, I, I, I don't, 
For, well, I, I don't know if, if uh, I mean, our, so I grew up in the far southwestern suburbs of Littleton, Colorado, and I worked in Englewood, and that seems like a lot more geographically distant than what kids are, are traveling now. And, and so to some extent, Americans are living in places of greater density than uh, a generation or two previously. Is, would you say that's correct, Brian? Yeah, I would say that correct. Their uh, conveniences are a lot closer. <clears throat> yes. Um, to most to most households than there were even 10, 15 years ago. Okay, so in the late 1980s, I waited tables at Chili's at Southwest Plaza. It was, um, uh, what, at Wadsworth and Bowles. Is that Chili's still there? It is. Amazing. So, uh, so, so Chili's on Friday and Saturday nights, that place would have a two or two and a half hour wait. Can you imagine? Now, let me just ask you two, because I'm sure, uh, would you, would you wait two hours for a table at Chili's? No. Okay. Okay. We have to use our words. Jared, what is wrong <clears throat> with you? Why no. are you, why are you mute? No, sir. No, sir. I wouldn't. Jared is. It's, and speaking is... of two hours. <laughs> <laughs> you know what you know what you take a riddling before you come on the podcast with me okay now you know you know we got a hard out here because because brian's got to make like another million dollars okay <laughs> so you know we're not going to be here all afternoon you came in late what do you just like saunter in what are you what are you like the cool kid hey what's going on in here nerds Ugh. hey brian brian do you need a personal assistant <laughs> yeah I, actually i do <laughs> i'd love a job like that <laughs> yes um, it's great jared you'd love it brian needs a valet <laughs> valet yeah jared what, jared comes jared comes in and like spins the chair around backwards and then like sits on the back of the chair with his arms <laughs> up guys <laughs> hat on backwards yeah <laughs> what's up bros hey was no speaking of hat on backwards that reminds me of kevin james who should know better uh was was chris rock in the grown-ups movies okay yeah okay i didn't Those know terrible that. terrible movies really they weren't funny at all grown-up grown-ups one grown-ups one the is, first is... one was better than the second yeah it's um, it's just your typical laughs. Sandler, <laughs> over the, over the top ridiculous humor. Which one yeah. was the one where Kevin James would do the uh, fart, burp, and sneeze all at the same time? Uh, <laughs> I don't remember. I, I I don't remember that. It must be in the second one. Yeah, I think that must that might have been the second one. Then it was so ridiculous. That uh, sounds like uh, so. Mrs. Winger and I watched a movie called The Rewrite with that charming and aging amazingly handsome Hugh Grant. Um, and also Marissa Tomei was in it, though they didn't do much with her character. And then there's some uh, Aus Australian jailbait. Um, Chris Elliott was in it, Allison Janney, uh, J.K. Simmons. So it actually had like some really strong um, uh, supporting characters but it was it was it was flawed it was it was it was no sliding doors it was no notting hill so just wanted to uh did you did you know that uh, Salma hayek plays adam sandler's wife in the grown-up uh franchise hang on let me uh, get to the ice <laughs> i, iTunes I forgot that's all we needed to say <laughs> It is a little. It is a little bit ridiculous that Sandler always like he had like Kate Beckinsale was his wife in one movie, <laughs> Jennifer Aniston was his wife in another one. It's it's a little uh, incongruent, I'd say. 
Tia Leone in um yep. oh and remember he was tempted by the stunning oh, yeah. Paz Vega. Yeah. I liked mm-hmm. I liked Spanglish. I liked Spanglish too. Yeah. Um uh yeah, I thought yeah. Um what was the other movie we rewatched? Um okay, so the, this we actually are entering kind of a fun phase. Because Mrs. Winger is for can't remember, you know that she's seen a movie. So we watched once again. Um, Something's got to give. Is that the one where Jack Nicholson only dates thirty year olds and he mm-hmm. has a heart attack and Diane Keaton's got to nurse him back to health? But in the meantime, mm-hmm. Keanu Reeves uh, <laughs> falls in love with Diane Keaton and thereby hangs the tale. Uh, that movie was i mean look when i'm when i'm ready to tell you there are too many white people in a thing uh it's it's really white so i would say something's got to give uh playoff hockey um you know those are those are the two that i can think of right now um anyway uh, that, that movie is just like incredibly wealth, you know, uh, very upscale people. Um, and, and in fact, in fact, uh, wasn't it, I think that the same director did It's Complicated, which I didn't see, but it had Meryl Streep and Alec Baldwin and I think Steve Martin in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it was Chris Rock who, who was saying, it's not complicated. It's just white people redoing their kitchen. <laughs> anyway, that's about it. Yeah, I get. <clears throat> what's what's the Jack Nicholson movie with uh, Helen Hunt and Greg Kinnear? As good as, as it good gets. As it gets. Okay. See, I always get uh, uh, as good as it gets, and something's got to give. Confused they're very similar title. Yeah, they're yeah. similar titles, yeah. but. Some as good as it gets was done by the same guy who did Spanglish, a guy named James L. Brooks, who had like a television pedigree, um, but he also did broadcast news. Um, and he, and he had another one with uh, uh, after, after Spanglish, uh, he he did something that wasn't as good as Jack Nicholson is like kind of like the bad rich dad and Paul Rudd was his son and Reese Witherspoon plays um, like a love interest. Um, is this ringing a bell with either of you guys? Mm-hmm. What, what was it? What was it? Do you remember what it was called Jared? No, I didn't really like it. No, it wasn't. It wasn't great, which was really disappointing because the, the guy, um, makes really good movies, you know, makes really good movies. I, at least I really like something, uh, oops, I see now you got me doing it, as good as it gets, and I like Spanglish. Um, and even though those have some wealthy people in it, certainly the one with Jack Nicholson and Helen Hunt, as good as it gets, ha- has some great bits. It's got, um, I mean, it's like Jack, first of all, there's a contrast between Helen, Helen the wa- uh, Carol the Waitress, played by Helen Hunt, there's so many great lines in that movie which can't be repeated on a (laughs) podcast that you want to have a 61st episode of and i do have the mystery solving grannies looking forward to talking about their book but anyway um uh you know there was there's like that there's that there's that line where um greg kinnear they, they they drive greg kinnear uh down to like talk to his parents and so they take a road trip and jack nicholson's like all like micromanaged the thing he's got uh cds for every possible contingency uh this is it's so old it came out in the 90s because we lived in portland julina and i actually saw it in a theater that portlanders have probably burned to the ground by now but uh, (laughs) um was a cute little place anyway um uh, so they're saying, uh, Greg Kinnear's going off on a rant saying, everybody's got a f- crazy family. Everybody's family's crazy. And Jack Nicholson says, that's not true. That's not true. So some people have very happy families. 
Some people have picnics and pasta <laughs> salads. Nobody in this car, but but some people. And it's funny because you know I've like had both sides of that conversation. Uh, I've had uh, I've had everybody's families crazy, which is mostly true. But I still think some people are able to get picnics and pasta salads out. Okay. I, I always liked when Greg Kinnear at the end tells Jack Nicholson when he, you know when he lets him stay in the apartment with him, he's like. Melvin, you you overwhelm me. I love you. <laughs> Jack Nicholson's like, I tell you, buddy, I'd be the luckiest man alive if that did it for me. <laughs> okay. Nicholson's one of my favorite actors. <laughs> uh, we don't really have time to get into it. But I still want to talk about the Russians, which means we have an opportunity to talk about the movie Reds in two weeks, because next week is our third uh, in a uh, inconsistent string of episodes with the book club. Uh, we'll be reading and discussing. We'll have read and discuss um, Kurt Vonnegut's Bluebeard, which I which I like. I like. <laughs> Yay! Oh, look who decided <laughs> to show up. It's kicking in. It's, it's hitting the bloodstream. <laughs> My stupid Red Bull. Yep. Coming in late. Wait, that's it's, not a Red Bull. No, it's, it's a rain. You're drinking no. the Dane Cook of energy drinks. It's not a rain either. I think it is a rain. Mm-mm. It's a bang. <laughs> I did not feel a bang today. What's, I'm sorry, guys. What's the matter, Toots? Scared of a little bang? <laughs> <laughs> this and has Jack. been the Managing Expectations podcast on uh, on behalf of uh, Jared Reiser, Brian Grimm. I'm Jeff Winger. Like, subscribe, and share this podcast. Thank you for joining us. Let's go to work. Good work.